Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. Coaches, does it feel like sometimes all you're doing is copying, pasting, nudging, rearranging, and redrawing your playbooks? Get your time back. Designed by a current NFL coach with the same pain points you have, Pro Quick Draw is an incredibly powerful plugin to improve the playbook software you've already got on your computer, Microsoft PowerPoint. We've created buttons, tools, and shortcuts to save you time, keep you organized, and give your playbook presentations, scout cards, and practice scripts a professional look, and created in half the time. We've got over 25 NFL teams using PQD, and we're giving you a chance to use it too with our new affordable price for high school coaches. Try us for 30 days with no strings attached. You'll get a one-on-one video call with a football coach who speaks your language. Plus, you get to keep everything you make during your trial. Visit www.proquickdraw.com to get an impressive 2022 playbook started. Welcome to the Culture Classroom. This is our last one of 2021, so why not end it with the person that's had the most downloads in the last eight days, uh, Jacob Land, who's now the new head football coach at Lamar School. He and I finally worked together this past year for one season. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator for Madison Ridgeland Academy, and now he's going to take on a head job, and it's his first head job ever, which is a pretty cool experience, and I think it's going to be valuable for our listeners, um, for guys that take that leap that have been assistants and coordinators to go and take that first head job. Um, maybe it's a little scary, but Jacob's going to outline some stuff that he's going to do with his program and what those first 50 days look like. So, Jacob, welcome to the show. Yeah, well, thanks for having me back. Always always enjoyed uh, being on and always enjoyed listening to it. I've been traveling a good bit back and forth. It's about an hour, hour and a half trip from Madison to Meridian, where Lamar School is. So it's it's I get at least two podcasts in every trip one way. So about four podcast round trips. So nice. it's been good having a bunch of uh, these culture classrooms and all these other podcasts to listen to. Yeah. So you and I kind of say in the pre-show, we kind of share the same kind of love of the the relationship piece, the culture piece of, you know, the X's and O's or whatever. But the driving piece is, is what are your players going to remember about you when they leave and, when they come back, what do they remember most? So uh, you're one of the good ones that uh, that gets it, gets the relationship piece of it, the culture piece. And uh, I, I want to dive into this because I think it's unique that you've you've been in Texas. Uh, you've served as an offensive coordinator for a very su- successful high school in Mississippi. Then you go out to Texas and learn with Randy, uh, and you serve on his staff for a year. Uh, and then you go to Fort Worth Christian and you bring some new elements there, but yet you're not the head coach yet. Um, so I'm going to go on these three words for our listeners. I'm going to do start, stop, continue. And just want to, where you've been, what are some cool things that you've seen from those places? On yeah, a culture well, I mean, standpoint. You know, like one of the things that you talked about, I was, I've had the luxury of being with a lot of successful head coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, at Jackson Prep here in Jackson, Mississippi, Ricky Black, he won over 300 games as a head coach. I think he won close to like 18 state championships. Um, learning for him for five years was an unbelievable experience. And it's kind of odd. I tell people, I told people, I actually told these to the people that I interviewed with at Lamar that 
I didn't necessarily realize all the things that I learned up underneath him until I got away and saw maybe other programs that did things differently. Right. You know, I, I was talking to another coach a couple of weeks ago, um, and he wants to be a head coach, and he was kind of like, well, when, do you, when did you know that you were ready? And I said, well, I thought I was ready after five years of being an assistant <laughs> coach because we'd won five state championships. I was the offensive coordinator. I was like, man, this stuff is easy. And I thought I was ready. But then I moved out to Texas. I got with Randy. Then I went to Fort Worth Christian. And Fort Worth Christian, I wasn't the head guy, but Coach Hudgens, who was the head coach, allowed me to do a lot of things and, and really kind of, you know, really get out of my comfort zone a lot. You know, not only just moving to Texas gets me out of my comfort zone, but then going to Fort Worth Christian and doing a lot of things that the head coach would do. Um, those experiences got me ready to be a head coach. You know, at the time I was, when I had five years at Jackson Prep, I thought I was ready, but I wasn't. I look back, that's, the number one thing that made me a better person, a better coach was getting out of my comfort zone, doing things I wasn't comfortable with, you know, like, geez, moving to Texas, not knowing a single soul uh, was very uncomfortable. Right. You know, staying in Mississippi was very comfortable to me. So that was one of the things that I really appreciate from my journey of coaching football. And then all those head coaches uh, taught me something different. You know, Ricky Black was unbelievable. He was very organized very detailed, very, very disciplined. I mean, that's something that I didn't realize it at the time. Now I do realize that Randy Jackson, you know, all this culture stuff that I think me and you are falling in love with and realize how important it is. It really kind of originated for me, at least with Randy, mm -hmm. you know, I got to Same see here. it firsthand at, at North Forney. Um, what our, what our leadership lessons looked like on Mondays, um, what it meant to be intentional about culture, what it meant to be intentional about, uh, growing kids into great young men. Right. Then again, at Fort Worth Christian, um, being able to have more responsibility in this past year at Mass and Ridgeland. I mean, I walked into MRA and it was a well-oiled machine. It wasn't. It wasn't much that I needed to really do or bring to the table. I was just showing up. I felt like for the most part. <laughs> uh, but there are a lot of things, you know. Again, with Ricky, the details and the organization. Uh, one of the things that I want to continue to do, I, I'm a big calendar guy. Like, you know, Ricky always had calendars laid out of what each nine weeks looked like, what we were doing every single day. Um, and I got so used to that the first five years. And then when I went to Texas, that wasn't a thing. And it really just <laughs> made me worried and made me nervous all the time. Uh, but, you know, that's something that I'll, I'll continue to do uh, at Lamar. You know, obviously the culture part that Randy – uh, instilled in the North Forney and kind of creating that Goonville, um, that, you know, I guess that atmosphere that he really could create it. I mean, and he brought that up from, from nothing, you know, that's something that I want to continue to move on to now Lamar and to bring that culture and, and to bring uh, that community that Randy, I mean, only Randy could probably do something like that. Uh, and then at Fort Worth Christian, uh, I don't know if I've ever worked for a man and Jared Hudgens that's been more in love with God. Like everything we did in our football program was very intentional about helping these young men not become young men according to the world that we live in, but become godly young men. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something I really learned from Jared. Um, he was He's one of the best human beings I've ever been around. Uh, and then you look at what this past year at MRA was for me. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, prep was a big program, but I really feel like MRA is, has kind of surpassed them as, I mean, this is, I think MRA is a big time program and what Herbert did and uh, his organization and how uh, he was able to, you know, mend a bunch of talented, talented, really talented kids and make them come together as a team um, and the hard work that it took. You know, I, I don't think a lot of people realize how hard 
Herbert Works is guys. So that's something that I'll definitely continue <laughs> um, understanding how uh, to work these guys hard and also understanding when to take a load off because I think he really he uh, teetered on the line a lot, but he was really good at understanding when the guys needed a break, when they could work harder. Um, you know, he's also really good at self-reflection. I think Herbert's one of the best at doing that. He, he can reflect really hard, especially at the X's and O's and the mm-hmm. schemes. Um, and in practice, too. I know one of the things, unique things I think that MRA does, as well as North Forney did, is the way they practice. You know, y'all are on four-minute periods. Uh, North Forney, we would be on two-minute periods, four-minute periods. Could be an eight-minute period in there. I love that. And I think players love that. It kind of curated at North Forney with the different time frames of periods a little bit of controlled chaos, which is yeah. like a football game. Football games controlled chaos. Um, I think in MRA, the thing that we've benefited from is that it allows you to get more done. Yeah. So if been on a five-minute period, it can give you a little bit more time to maybe get a fit a drill in for four minutes um, here and there. So that's another thing that I'll definitely continue. Um, but that's just, you know, kind of speaking on some broad yeah. topics there. Well, I want to go back people. to the very first thing, and you said you had a coach that asked you, when did you know? And I think that's a question that a lot of our coaches in this profession, they want to take the leap, but you said the word comfort. comfort. So you're comfortable, yeah. right? Yeah. When did you know, after being at very successful programs with under very successful head coaches, when did you know you're like, you know, it's time for me to go take a leap? When right. did When did that moment happen? You said you knew like five years afterwards, but then you're like, wait, I wasn't ready. Yeah. But now you're eight years removed yeah. from that. So yeah. different mindset from even three years ago. When did you know? And maybe tell our listeners that are teetering on that. When did you know yeah. you were ready? Well, I think it really was uh, this summer to this football season. I knew that I was I was ready. I had seen enough from a lot of great football coaches. Um, I Again, I just keep going back to – getting out of my comfort zone because mm-hmm. people keep telling me is uh, as a first year head coach he's like you know there's going to be things that are going to come up that you're never going to think of um and you just got to be ready for it and in back of my mind i said you know obviously i know they're they're the world of unknown out there as a head football coach because i've never done it but at the same time i feel like i'm ready for anything like that because i've been in places where i'm very uncomfortable you know and i've been in places where you know or just put myself out there i guess that in this uncomfortable unknown world mm-hmm. you know i mean i went to texas randy was the only i mean thankfully he hired me um you know because I, I didn't know anybody in texas i didn't know a soul besides my now future wife out there you know it's just i think getting out of my comfort zone really really helped me mm-hmm. you know that phrase of um be comfortable when you're uncomfortable right i think i'm i'm, I'm that now i think i'm there's a certain level uh the way i'm comfortable at being in an uncomfortable environment. And um, I think that's really helped me. And I think even going out to MRA, you know, learning from Herbert, learning from this staff that's mm-hmm. been there. I mean, y'all have been there together for a long time. And now I'm the new guy. I mean, that was some, a little bit of uncomfortable, uncomfortable times during yeah. that time, but it, it made me become and kind of adapt to things. And I think that's really when I kind of knew, you know, I, I've seen enough. I've been around some coaches. I've got some great mentors. I mean, I mean, there's so many people that I think, you know, in this coaching world that are willing to help you. And now that I've kind of um, gotten out there and seen so many things, I think this year is just kind of the opener. It's like, yeah, I'm ready. And, you know, yeah. um, to speak briefly on the job that I took at Lamar, yeah. 
you know, I know a lot of people tell you, you know, there's, there's no good jobs available, you know? Um, and, and I tend to agree with that song, but I also tend to a little disagree because I really think Lamar is a great football job. It's, uh, it's a school that, uh, we look at it. They've won six state championships in the last 20 years. There's not a lot of five A schools in Mississippi that have done that. Uh, the head coach that has been there, he's been there for 21 years. He's been really, really good. Uh, yeah, they went three and eight last year, but going through the hiring process, um, one of the things that I, I've learned because I have taken a lot of interviews because, you know, everybody's like, Hey, just go take the interview. You just learn something. Right. I think one of the things I've learned from interviewing, I've been on interviews where there's been 12 people in the room judging you and, and wondering if you're the guy, this process, there was three, oh, you wow. know, it started with the athletic director. Then it went to the middle school principal and the high school principal, which, which she also is the head head of school. And to me, that was an eye opener that they're not going to allow a lot of other influences to influence them on the decision mm-hmm. about who's going to be the head coach. You know, Matt Boone, who's our athletic director, he told me, he's like, look, it's, I'm making this hire and my butt's on the line just as much as you are. He said, I'm not going to let anyone influence me on who the hire is because I want to hire the best person. So that was a big eye opener to me. Uh, Another thing that was important for me when I went in there and talked to them is that they were going to allow me to hire who I wanted to hire. Mm. You know, and I think every program, every successful program you look at, it's not just the head coach who is a good football coach or good person. Um, it takes a lot of people, right. you know, it takes a lot of great assistants like you and, you know, like Danny White, who's a defensive coordinator there at MRA. I mean, a lot of those types of people to make a very successful football program. And when they told me, look, you know, you can keep the staff you have, and then we can even add on to these people, you know, so we've actually are, are possibly going to have three or four additional hires. And we're also keeping all the most of all the staff members that we had back there. So I think, the ability for them to allow me to hire good people. Right. Um, you know, not even, you know, I wouldn't even say people that I, you know, maybe that I don't even know because there's some guys that I've never really met before, but we've interviewed and I've talked to, and I know they're great people. Um, that was really important to me because it told me that the administration was behind me and they were willing to do whatever it took for the football program to be successful. So, you know, I kind of waited around and Lamar kind of came to me and, all these things kind of come and I said, Oh, you know, it's only three people making the decision. They're not going to let any outside influence anybody influence Mm -hmm. from the outside. Oh, they're going to give me three or four new assistants added on to the assistants they have here. Uh, The middle school principal is even changing the schedule so we can practice middle school football in the morning. Uh, I mean, just the support of the administration has been unbelievable so far. And uh, they're allowing me to redo the weight room. I mean, it's, I think I walked into a little gold mine that, yeah. you know, that I really wasn't expecting at first, but, um, you know, that, that was, that's a big deal. And I think the big, big deal for me is an administration that's going to be supportive and then getting the right coaches in there that love kids that are going to be supportive of you. And they're going to do the right thing, you know, whether or not they're great football coaches, X and O's, I think they are, but, um, that's kind of secondary, but getting good people, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I, I read a book one time about Chick-fil-A and, Yes, their chicken sandwich is awesome, but the thing that really sells it are the people that are selling it to you. They hire great people, and that's what I wanted to do, and that's what the administration allowed me to do is hire great people. So um, overall, I know I'm kind of getting off topic a little bit, but um, just speaking of the job and knowing Mm -hmm. that, one, I was ready because I've worked for these coaches um, that have kind of mentored me, and I've seen a lot of different styles of coaching. I've seen a coach that – will chew you out in a heartbeat. I've seen a coach that'll pat you and love you and give you a hug and then tell you what to do. 
I've seen a coach that doesn't like the culture stuff. I've seen a coach like Randy that is all about the culture stuff. I've seen a coach that is maybe the best X and O's guys I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and I've seen a guy that, I don't know, he, he's just not very good maybe at X's and O's. So I've seen it all. I've seen some good. I've seen some bad. Um, so I knew that I was ready from that standpoint. And then the job was a good fit. You know, I actually went to Lamar school when I was little um, in elementary school. So I had some, I was pretty familiar with it, familiar with Meridian, the, the town that it was in. And then understanding that the administration was very supportive and understanding that they were going to allow me to hire really good people to help me be successful. Right. Um, so it was kind of, you know, it checked all the boxes for me. And I didn't really want to just go anywhere because I wanted to go somewhere that I knew that I could be successful. And that's right. that's the reason why I'm going to Lamar. All right. So let's, I'm going to go back and I took one word from when you're ready. So to our listeners, when we asked Jacob about like, when are you ready or when do you know when you're ready? I think the commitment level from the administration is the major thing. And that's what you have yeah. right now is the commitment level is very high. And I think that's a scary avenue for some coaches they go in and you've had a room of 12, like who's making the decision here? Who who of these 12 are going to make the decision on me on Friday night and me molding these young men? Well, then you had three. It kind of opens up your eyes of like, okay, it's these three people. These three people are making a decision based on what I'm capable of doing. So you have the commitment level. Uh, and I think that's one of the major things is like you got to be in love with the place where you're going to be. You got to love the people you're yep. going to work for. And you got to have support. So that's all yeah. three of those, I think, have checked the box for you. So now you got the job. All right. You got the yeah. job. You're, you're, you're in. And, and now you're like, wow, I'm in a Ferrari and I want to go 100 miles an hour. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of yeah. how um, I was when I took my first head coaching job at, at 26. It was like, whoa, I'm, I'm hitting it. I'm rolling. And I had all these ideas. So what are the yeah. first 50 days? under the Jacob Land era at Lamar School look like? Well, one, I mean, so I guess I got the job over Thanksgiving is when it became official. Um, from Thanksgiving to now, uh, my main responsibility is, one, forming relationships with the coaches that are already there. You know, um, now I, I've formed relationships with a lot of the players because I've been over there a lot. Um, I've talked to them, um, you know, and they're great kids. But I was really wanting to form relationships with those coaches that had been there for a while. They knew Lamar, um, and I knew I wanted to get to know if, if they were good people, um, if they were going to be people that were going to be good for this program, which they are. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that over that Thanksgiving break, every day I probably spent somewhere around four to five hours a day just talking to the assistant coaches, um, having 30-minute-to-hour phone conversations with them about who they are, what their life's like, what they think about Lamar School, what they think needs to improve, what uh, – you know, the changes that can happen um, and just kind of getting to know them. So that was kind of my first step. Second step was looking at the guys that we wanted to bring in because, you know, they gave me the option to keep whoever I wanted to keep. But then also they said, hey, we can hire, you know, three or four other coaches too and get you a really nice staff. Um, we're ready to make that commitment. Um, and so now I, I kind of branched out and looked at who I wanted to bring in and what type of people I wanted to bring in. Uh, yeah, we obviously, you know, needed a good defensive coordinator. So we went out and got a young, good defensive coordinator mm -hmm. and I'm really excited about it. Um, one of the guys that I wanted an important position was offensive line. And I, we got an offensive line coach that I'm really excited about as well too. And uh, I think we've got a defensive back and a defensive line coach or, you know, one or the other that we could possibly get to. Um, and so that was 
all over Thanksgiving, even up to right now, I've been on the phone constantly. I think my wife's sick of me being on the phone and talking to coaches and talking to people, finding out if this guy's a good guy, um, whatever it is, and talking to our head of school and athletic director about, you know, well, this guy can do this, this guy can do that. You know, what can we pay him? What can he coach? All this kind of stuff. Uh, but again, that goes back to trying to form relationships with the coaches that have already been there. Um, Cause I know they're worried. I've been in a place where there's been a coaching turnover mm-hmm. uh, where you're kind of just left out in the blue and you don't know what's going on. So I wanted to kind of attack that and kind of nip that in the bud, let those coaches know, Hey, you know, I'm willing to work with you. You know, I think, you know, y'all are great people. Um, one of them is a junior high coach, coach Madden, and they went seven and one last year. And the first thing I noticed when I walked into the, locker room is that the helmets were pointing the right way. There was nothing on the floor. There was no cloth on the floor. The shoulder pads were all turned up. And I told Coach Madden, I was like, look, if you can just do that, you have a job forever with me. Right. You know, we're going to be best buddies if we can do that. Right. But just forming relationships with those guys and then trying to form relationships with the guys that possibly want to come work with me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the next thing was, was understanding and figuring out uh, what the weight room situation looked like. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that they're allowing me to kind of redo the weight room. Well, you know, with today's world, that doesn't happen overnight, unfortunately, like I want it to. It's going to happen probably over a four to five month period to where the weight room is going to look like we want it in the summer, not where it is now. So uh, getting with uh, who really I've kind of deemed as our strength head of strength and conditioning, Coach Eason, uh, getting with him and understanding what we need to do, understanding what we can do. Uh, and then I went over there a couple of weeks ago and talked to uh, some assistant coaches and even had players up there in the weight room. We figured out um, who was going to be in the off-season program after Christmas, who played each sport, because it is a smaller school, so we have to share athletes, understanding uh, who was going to be uh, with us in off-season after soccer, basketball, who's playing baseball, um, figuring out kind of our roster for next year. Um, and that kind of took a while because there wasn't a lot of info for me to look at on that. So that was another important thing, kind of understanding who we're going to have starting January 4th, uh, which will be our first day after Christmas break and who we'll have after spring break. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that was really exciting about this school, you know, like you are a huge track guy, mm-hmm. but Mar has not ever been really known for a track program. And actually I, I talked to the track coach last year, um, who was a volunteer track coach. I think they had a two shot puts, two discs. They had some hurdles made out of PVC pipe and they had one baton. So uh, <laughs> that's been a lot of work too. Fortunately, uh, through some donations from Coach Weaver and the MRA track program, we do now have hurdles. Um, but just getting the equipment right yeah. has, has even been an issue. You know, we've even talked about uh, game strat, figuring out because they've never had that. So headsets, you know, that that was a huge deal. Understanding equipment, understanding what we needed understanding what our budget was uh, has been a really, really big deal. Um, And then, you know, honestly, just getting into the community and and getting to know people. You know, I had, you know, fortunate that my dad was actually the head of school at Lamar back in early 2000s. It's been about 20 years, but a lot of those people are still there. A lot Mm -hmm. of those, my friends that actually grew up playing, you know, U12 baseball are still there. You know, I talked about Coach Eason as our strength and conditioning. We actually played on the baseball team together back at Meridian. Um, so, but going back and kind of reforming some of those relationships, um, you know, and connecting with some people that are in the community, uh, that support the school and that support the football program, uh, that's been a large to do as well too, which, 
you know, I didn't really know if I would enjoy that, but I really have. It's been really fun to reconnect with a lot of people. Yeah, so now we got we got commitment from administration, and now we're going to look <clears throat> and dive into this piece you just talked about was I want to talk about the, the last thing you just said was the community involvement because I think that's huge inside of any football program because, look, you – we like baseball, we like basketball, we like soccer, but football is the main vehicle that drives right. the fall, right? Um, that's the pink elephant. Everybody's like, oh, football. Well, it's the, it's the biggest driver in the fall. So with going to the community, how important is it to sell your program as a new head coach to say, hey, look, this is who I am. This is what the product's going to look like to get yeah. your guys and also to get your team's face in front of people and being known in the community because, and we're going to get about, we're going to hit on your, uh, your core values here in a second. But, you know, when you start talking about that, you want your guys to act a certain way in school. You want your guys to act a certain way uh, in the field house, on the field, and then in the community. You want your guys to, you want people to, when they go into a restaurant, they, that's, they play for Lamar school. They play for right. Lamar, just by the way they act and how they carry themselves. Uh, so talk about how you said it was kind of, uncomfortable at first or was, you didn't know if you'd like it as much what's been yeah. an enjoyment of going in the community i think because i think it's big for our listeners that you know it's all about ball and ball you hear coaches it's all about right. football so, well you got to get outside the walls and and market your football program so yeah. what's been refreshing about that uh well you know one about marketing so they they did a really great thing about uh introducing me they had a lot of media there and i think one of the things that i wanted to be really intentional about that day uh, was honoring the past and honoring the tradition of Lamar mm -hmm. football. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there, you know, maybe it's a unique situation to a lot of people. Uh, I, I touched on that. A lot of people say that there are no good jobs available, and which I, you know, feel, felt like Lamar was a good job available. Uh, but their coach had been there 20 plus years, won six state championships. So I wanted to do a great job of honoring him and, and making it known that, look, I'm stepping into some really big shoes here. Um, this man was uber successful. Um, you know, we coached Meridian High School with a local public school there before, won a state championship there. Uh, so that was the first thing that I wanted to do is honor the tradition, honor the past, honor that head coach that really laid the foundation for Lamar football the last 20 years. Um, and then segue, I think it was a good segue into uh, the culture of Lamar School and what Lamar football is going to be about. Uh, one of the things that I really wanted to be uh, intentional about that day when I was introduced to the players, introduced to the parents, uh, introduced to the community is let them know what Lamar football school is going to stand for. Um, and, you know, we told them that we're going to have three pillars of uh, three pillars that Lamar football is going to stand on. The first one's talking about is character. Uh, and that kind of starts with our, well, we're going to call what really matters class. Uh, we're going to do it every Monday morning or even Monday right before practice uh, is what we're going to be talking about things that really matter. They might be talking about X's and O's. They might be talking about schemes or whatever, but, 99% of it is going to be talking about what really matters um, and trying to teach those guys to be great godly men. Mm. Um, I told them this too, is that I'm going to say about 10 things a billion times. I'm not going to be a coach that says a billion things five times. Uh, but one of the things you're going to hear from me is that this football program is going to help you become a great man. We want you to become a great father, a great husband, that in 20 years when you come back to that high school reunion, you're not just talking about, about the state championships and district titles and the games you won, which you talked about how what really matters class in this football program did for you in becoming a great man, a great godly man. And we also believe, and that's one of these, one of those things you're going to hear a million times from me if you're a player, is that 
uh, great people become great teammates. You know, to be a great teammate, you got to be a great person. And when you have a lot of great teammates, you're going to have a lot of you're going to have a lot of wins. You're going to have a great team, uh, and that's going to be one of the things that's going to be up all over our field house is great people equals great teammates equals great teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we want to do with that character pillar is create good godly men. The other things is about competition. You know, we're going to compete. One of the things I wanted to continue doing that MRA does, I think that uh, Randy did a great job in North Fournia was compete in practice. Um, we're going to compete in practice. We're going to compete in the weight room. We're going to start competing. Uh, we're going to call track more of a speed development program that you might compete on Wednesdays. We do Wednesday tracks made here and you might compete at the district in the state championship too. Right. Uh, but we're going to learn to love to compete and competition is going to be a huge thing for us. That's going to be one of the pillars um, for Lamar football. The other one is family. And I know that's kind of a cliche thing. Um, you know, we're going to love each other. But with family also comes accountability. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn how to hold each other accountable. Um, coaches are going to hold players account- accountable. Coaches are going to hold coaches accountable. You know, I'm going to talk to them and be and tell the assistant coaches and tell those players that those assistant coaches are going to hold me accountable too as a head coach. I'm going to hold them accountable. And then players are going to learn to hold each other accountable. That's, that's what a family does, right? right. You know, if your daughter goes around, right, and starts doing something she's not supposed to do, you're going to hold her accountable. That's part of being a family. That's My right. dad, who I get to work with still for another nine weeks, if I do something wrong at his school, he's going to hold me accountable to that. That's, That's right. what family is. Um, so those are the three pillars, talking about character, talking about developing great young men, talking about competition. You're competing in everything. We want to learn how to compete. We want to be comfortable competing because in, in real life, you're going to compete with someone for a job, Shoot, you might even be competing with someone to marry somebody. You never know. Right. You know, so you better learn how to compete and better love to compete. Um, and then family, what it means to be a family. Uh, Randy taught me that acronym, the forget about me, I love you. And truly understanding that um, yeah. is going to be really important for us and then holding each other accountable. I love the thing that we talked about, the high truth, high love. And uh, we're going to be really intentional about teaching that to our kids about holding each other accountable. Yeah, when you're when you're talking about this, I keep going back to an episode that we had with Nick Winkler, who's at Clintonville High School, and he, and this is in, there in Wisconsin, and he came up with this thing called four for 40, and we have four years to impact the next 40, and that's, that's exactly what you're doing, is you're setting them up for success for the next 40 years. You have them for four. Right. How am I setting them up for the next 40? And that's with character, you know, yeah. and competing. And Absolutely. Then, building that accountability that comes within a family. So those are great, three great pillars. And I, I think that's awesome for our listeners to hear is, you know, you don't you don't have eight to 10 to 15, no. 127 definitions like PJ Fleck. And I think a lot of times coaches want to mimic somebody, right? So they go and mimic like, hey, they want to be just like Nick Saban or they want to be uh, just like Dabo Sweeney or they just want to be like PJ yeah. Fleck or they want to be like Lincoln Riley. They want to do all those things, right? Well. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. And yeah. then I listened to a podcast today and, and Brian Kite said the best thing, or you take the best from all of those and you try to fit that into who you are and that becomes a Frankenstein coach and that's something that's yeah. never going to work out. So here, here's the thing to, to our listeners and to our coaches, be who you are. And yeah. I think that's so big that – you know, you see a lot of time they, they salt and pepper everywhere, and they're, they're all over the place. And I think consistency with 
a common language and a culture is huge. And what you've said is you've set three pillars and they don't have to remember all this stuff, Jacob. They don't have to go and remember all these things. Now they have three pillars to remember. Now, obviously there's more to it. Uh, I'm going to ask you about here in a second, but you know, with character compete and family, there's a lot that can go into just those three pillars and they don't have to, they don't have to remember, you know, I think in, in Minnesota football, they have to remember 127 definitions. Well, hell, I can't even remember, you know, eight <laughs> definitions when I was in fifth grade, right? So yeah. let's go deeper into the three pillars uh, of what Lamar football is going to look like as being the first year head coach and you getting, and I think you set these foundations yourself, right? Yeah, well, that, and I, you know, I, again, you get them from different coaches, um, you know, and you start thinking about what you want to be about and what your team wants to be about and which you really what your foundation wants to be so right well i'm saying you didn't have any player you didn't have any player input no it's just all me it was me and just listening to podcasts and listening to other coaches really you know and just kind of being around you know the five previous head coaches i've been with some of the things they've done some other head coaches that i really respect and look up to Um, but yeah it was really it was all me and maybe one or two other coaches that were on staff can you share why that's super important of and i know we talked about this in the pre-show when i called you um it just the fact that players come and go, right? Yeah, absolutely. So why is that? And you're going to be there for a while. So yeah, you're going to, I and, hope so. You know, <laughs> well, with yeah. your track record of being successful, that there's, there's a no brainer there, but you know, just when you start looking at it, you know, kids get in the idea and they, they're cycling every three years. Yeah. Right. So being a head coach, being your first year, you're putting your stamp on the program. Just kind of tell our listeners how important it is for you as a head coach, because you hear from different people like let the kids have a say so in it, let the coaches have a right. say so in it. So you, it goes back to the hiring process, right? Yeah. How many people do you want to be in that lane? So why was it important for you to come up well, with yeah, those three know, pillars? Just like you talked about, um, you know, when it comes down to it, it you know, it's, it's definitely the players' programs, but at the, at the time, the coaches were going to be there for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that when I was thinking about this kind of you know, I've seen a lot of coaches wanting player input because the players get some ownership in it. And we're going to do some things that players do have some ownership. We're going to have, you know, our seniors kind of set some standards for some certain things that we do. And that's going to allow them to have ownership. But the pillars of our football program um, were things that I wanted to happen no matter who the players were. Right. You know, Matt, no matter if it was the 2023 class or 24, or 25 or 26, whatever class it was, those were the three pillars that I wanted for everyone. You know, those guys um, that I'll, you know, grow to, to love and really care for, they'll move on eventually and they'll grow up. But I think maybe the cool thing that I hope happens um, is that they will come back and those three pillars will be the exact same thing. Right. You know, those pillars aren't going to change. Um, the players might change. There might be some coaches that change, but the three pillars that Lamar football is going to be built on won't change. Um, unlike again, those players or coaches that could come and go. Right. So do you have any other core values that branch off of those? Yeah. Uh, and if you do, yeah. if you, you want to go through them just a little bit, just to share some ideas yeah. with our listeners, because I, I love the aspect of the three pillars. Cause those are, those are standards that will stand the test of time, right? It's just, yeah. they're there. Uh, but yeah. then obviously they branch out. So let's go a little bit deeper into the Lamar culture. Yeah. Well, you talk about the three pillars. And again, I've been in places where they've had core values. They've done things and they haven't been very intentional about it. Mm -hmm. You know, so those three pillars, there's ways that we're going to be very intentional. I talked about character. I talked about what what really matters class Uh, competition. We're going to compete everywhere. We're going to learn to compete. We're even going to compete 
um, starting in January, every Friday after our workout, we're going to do things like uh, we might play knockout on the basketball court. We might play uh, musical chairs. It might be something really stupid, but we're going to learn to compete. We're going to be intentional about doing that. Uh, we're also going to compete on track, like I talked about, family. Uh, we're going to do exercises that are going to teach them to be positive. You know, we did Encouragement Week at MRA, and it was a big success. I did it at Fort Worth Christian. Uh, but we're going to be intentional about that. Mm -hmm. Those are things I, I just – it drives me crazy when you have all these core values and you don't, you know, teach them and you're not intentional about them. Um, so those are those three things we're going to do. And up under that, one of the things I got from Randy out of Fort, I mean, North Forney is that we had – kind of a core value or something we wanted to be intentional about each day. Mm. Um, you know, th there's some people that have uh, turnover Tuesday or whatever it is. And I think that's great. Um, but I wanted to take the, our days of the week and kind of turn them into something uh, that has to do a little bit with football, but also has to do maybe with more of the mental side and the character side. Uh, so Mondays will be TBO Mondays. It'll be thoughts become outcomes Mondays. And I think a, a large part about large part about being a godly man and about being a, a mature adult is controlling your thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, Mondays is the hardest days for any adult that goes into work, right? Um, you hate doing it. You had a great weekend. Um, and now you got to wake up in the morning and you got to go to work, you know? So we want to be intentional and we're going to have Mondays be TBO Mondays is what's your thoughts. You know, maybe you're playing a really tough opponent on Friday. Are you already done? Are you already, have you already been defeated? Mm -hmm. Are you telling yourself that we can do this? I got to have a good practice. We get to practice. You know, it's those words that you feed yourself. Right. Um, and I'm a huge believer in that. The yellow car theory, I don't know if, if you've ever heard of the yellow car theory. If you start thinking about yellow cars, you're going to see a bunch of yellow cars. You know, like when I moved back from Dallas to Madison, I was in a U-Haul, and I never realized how many U-Hauls were on I-20 until I was in my U-Haul. And I started looking <laughs> left and right, and there are U-Hauls everywhere. You know, it's amazing – uh, whatever you feed your mind, how that just comes out of you. And yep, so I'll tell you be... one. I got a flight January 26th going to Charlotte. Yeah. Everywhere I've been seeing airplanes, everywhere. Yeah. On social it's... media, TV. I'm like, holy cow. So it's. Yeah. You attract what you think. You know, yeah. whatever you're feeding your mind uh, is, is pretty powerful. So that's going to be our Mondays. And again, that goes back to character. It also goes back to competition. Again, we're going to face some tough tough teams. Are you ready to compete? Are you are you ready for that challenge on Friday? Are you ready to challenge on practice to go and compete? Um, Tuesday is going to be DD Tuesday, which is discipline in the details. Um, again, as an adult, you've got to be very disciplined, not only in your thoughts, but in your actions. Uh, Tuesday is going to be one of our harder days of practice. Um, it's a day that, um, you know, we've, we're done with our Monday walkthrough, Monday install. And so now are we disciplined in the details to set us up for success on Friday nights? But we also want to be intentional about telling kids and, and telling, you know, showing kids that those details are really important. You know, your six inch step as an offensive lineman or your, you know, the way a receiver releases on the ball, those details are extremely important for you to be successful. Just like when you get a job, some of those small details are really, really, really important for you to be successful in your job. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I think the podcast, let me pull it up on my phone here, that you mentioned, um, let me see, that I love that Brian Kite said. Let's see if I can find it. Yeah, so trained behavior become boring habits. And so we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to train you to do a certain thing, and those are going to become boring habits. We're going to do boring drills because we've done them a lot. But it's going to be very disciplined, and we're going to be very detailed in it. 
you know, those boring habits, as I think Brian Kite says, become elite instincts. And that's what we're going to really focus on, too. Well, I'm going to share something. I was watching NFL, um, uh, their Sunday morning thing on ESPN. They were talking about Cooper Cup and oh, the yeah. stuff that he did with his dad. And it was some catching drills that he did since he was like six years old. Yeah. And he said they did the same kind of drills and the boring drills, and they just did them over and over and over again. And it was a consistency of doing those drills over and over and over again. So the same yeah. thing you talked about right there. Uh, you want to be a coach, and you said this earlier in the podcast, you want to be a coach that says ten things a million times, exactly. rather than a million things five times, right? So yeah. same thing with those drills and those details. Yeah. That, you yeah. know, even with – I mean, you were with the wide receivers with us this year, and we did the same ARB drills every day, same every type day. of deal. So um, – I think that's important for our coaches to understand, like, don't be that coach that's like, you get bored with doing certain things over and over and over again. Like, stick to the plan and let it work itself out, and uh, the details will, will iron itself out. Yeah, yeah, so that's so that's our Tuesday, our DD Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, Wednesday is Unity or Family Wednesday. Um, again, we're going to be intentional about that. One of the things we're going to do is that beginning of practice at the end of practice, we're going to allow kids to not only uh, – Tell us who they thought did a good job, but also have a chance, uh, again, getting out of that comfort zone, have a chance to maybe call out a player. You know, maybe it's the beginning of practice and, you know, I say, Coach Weaver didn't have a very good day of practice yesterday. You know, I'm expecting a lot of you, Coach Weaver, and we need you this week. Um, I'm going to be watching you. I'm going to be pushing you this week, week. So, you know, we'll have some some time very quickly before and at the end of practice where kids can be, um, you know, promoting a teammate that said, hey, they did a great job or saying, hey, Man, this is – we need you. You got to do better. Um, also, on Wednesday, one of the things they did get from Jackson Prep and Coach Black, um, they do a ball drill where they line up in a huge circle um, and a player runs out in front, the guy tosses it to the guy in front, and that guy tosses it to the next guy. Um, and it's, uh, it's very, very unusual, but every player touches the ball. There's a specific way to do it, um, and we're going to promote positive leadership in that. Uh, you know, at Jackson Prep, we had about 100 guys sometimes. I think we the most we had maybe was 94 on our varsity team. Um, and we would get to maybe number 90 and the ball would touch the ground. If the ball touches the ground, you've got to start over. And so if the, instead of those players just ripping into those guys, because, you know, like maybe an offensive lineman that's maybe not used to touching a football, I'm not saying that those are always the guys that drop the ball, but, you know, maybe it's a guy that, Maybe he's not the best athlete, and he drops it. Well, learning how to be a positive influence and a positive leader, and even those type of circum silly yeah. circumstances like that, but yeah. kind of a team-building exercises that we'll do, and we'll do that on Wednesday after our practice. It'll be the last thing that we do. Line up in a huge circle, and everybody touches the ball. If someone drops it, you know, we don't bash them. We don't say, catch the ball or whatever. <laughs> you know, we're positive with them. We're encouraging yeah. them. Um, that's part about being a family, too. Um Thursday is Sacrifice Thursday. Uh, one of the things I also want to continue that MRA did was practice in the morning. Mm. Uh, we did that at North Forney. We did North Forney, we practiced in the morning every morning. Um, and I like that as a coach. Eventually I did. Um, but a player, I do think there's a certain extent that I think they need more sleep. Right. But I think Thursdays right. was really great for us this past year at MRA to practice at 6.30, be done by 7.45, 8 o'clock, and then those guys are done. You know, they're not thinking about football to the next day during walkthrough. Um, and I really like that because I think it gives them a good mental break from football, and then it allows them maybe on Friday to kind of start refocusing on that. 
Um, yeah. So that's something we'll continue to do, but that's a sacrifice. Yeah. You know, you're sacrificing for your team waking up early. You're also sacrificing for your team and what you're doing the next 24 to 48 hours, um, nutrition, sleep. Um, what are you doing to help your team be successful on Fridays? And then Fridays going to be finished Friday. You know, I think Randy at, at North Forney, we called it payday Friday, which I love that. Um, you put in all this work, you make deposits, and now you want your payday. You want the money. Right. Um, but to me, uh, I think one of the most difficult things in life is finishing things. And to, especially for me, I, I'll, I'm a great starter. I love to start <laughs> things. Um, I even think Randy had, had a great thing about a marathon, marathon racer that uh, it's not mile one or two that they feel like they want to quit. It's about three-fourths of the way in, right. you know, or towards the end. That's where you want to quit. Um and Friday is just about finishing, finishing what we did, finishing all that work we've put in on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, but it goes into our competition, goes into our family about because we're finishing for each other. We've held each other accountable. We're going to hold each other accountable on Friday night uh, and goes into that character too. Because again, it's so easy in life to quit. You know, I think it's become more and more or easier and easier for people to quit things and have an easier excuse to get out of things these days. Um, and we really want to be intentional about, you know, making it a big deal that we're going to finish on Fridays. We're going to show up on Fridays. We're going to play hard. We're going to compete. Um, and so those are the five things, the five days we're going to emphasize every single week. A lot of that is about character. A lot of it is about your mentality. Um, it's not necessarily about turnover Tuesday or explosive play Monday. It's about um, your thoughts. It's about the discipline. It's about details. It's about your family. It's about how you are a positive leader. Um, and then it's about the sacrifices you're willing to make for your teammates on Thursday to prepare yourself for Friday. And then it's Friday. It's about finishing the right way right. Um, and not quitting and not, you know, letting all this hard work just go for nothing. Yeah. So I think about your finish Friday and I was just going through your days of the week. And the more I thought about your finished Friday of building men to be leaving your program and being men that are productive citizens in the community yeah. and all that, the finished Friday, I think, is, is the most, um, the one that stood out to me most, I'll just say it like that, that, you know, in life, and you even said it, like, I, I like starting things, yeah. but it's, you, you get you get bored real quick because you're doing the same thing over and over and over oh, yeah. and over and over again. But it goes back to your details that you're going to focus on. But it also allows those kids to realize that if I'm going to start in January on January 4th, my goal is to finish whatever we start. And I think you teach that yeah, at this age. It helps them become even better men in college and when they have their own family, when they start their own job, maybe they're they're running, a, they're a CEO of an organization yeah. um, or they're owning a gas station, who knows, but they're finishing. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I like that better than payday because payday, you, you know, everybody wants to get paid, but I think the mindset of finish yeah. goes a long way with, with young people. Um, so I want to, we're, we're about 46 minutes in it feels like we just started, but um, as we go into this and, and uh, one question I want to ask is I've only been a head coach twice yeah. and uh, only twice. So I, here's what I want to get into is what advice would you give a coach 
who's on the fence, say, say he's at a, at a program and he's comfortable. Yeah. Right? Maybe he's the coordinator. Maybe they're having a good run uh, of winning championships or not even just winning. They're just successful every year. Uh, but he's scared. Yeah. That fear sets in of like, I, I don't know if I can do this or not. Yeah. Right? Um, and I know our listeners have probably had that before. Like, hey, I've had, I've had opportunities, but I haven't made that leap. What, what's some advice that you would give some of our younger coaches or even coaches that have been in it for 10, 15 years to make that leap right. and go take a head job? Yeah. Well, I think, that, again, the number one thing that I wanted to focus on was uh, getting people in and working with people that I trusted, working with people that were great people. Uh, whether they were good football coaches or heck, whether even they're a good athletic director head of school, uh, people that I could tell that were just good people. Right. I think the head of school that I'm about to work for is a, a great person. The athletic director I'm about to work for is a great person. Uh, these coaches that um, I guess I'm inheriting in a certain sort of way, um, they're great people. I mean, I, I look, I went over there a couple of weeks ago and I spent three hours over there talking to one of them and it wasn't even about football. You know, we, we talked about his wife. We talked about his kids. We talked about his life, his journey. Um, you know, we, we talked about all kinds of stuff, not wasn't football. And those are the people that I, I, I want to be around. And I think that's what kind of makes me comfortable going into this new journey or new chapter in life is that I'm about to walk into a place that are have a lot of great people. Right. And, and the people that are going to support me, um, you know, and I also have a lot of great people and mentors that are sitting right there that are wanting me to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I talked to coach black a few weeks ago and I mean, he told me, he's like, look, if there's anything that I can do for you, let me know. And we were talking about that offensive line coach. And he's like, look, I'll call the offensive line guy up right now. And I'll tell him to come work for you if you need me to. <laughs> I mean, it's less, you know, there's people like that that yeah. want you to succeed more than really anything. Right. You know, like I think coach Davis is the same type of person like that, you know, um, that wants you to succeed. Uh, so that, that was, to me, um, that made me feel like Lamar was the right spot. Now, I think for my life, and I touched on it earlier, uh, was already having experiences where I was very uncomfortable doing things. You know, it was very uncomfortable. I think Randy touches on it in one of his books about, you know, I showed up to North Forney one day in a suit and a tie, unannounced. Um, You know, I talked to Randy on the phone once or twice, and. You know, he's a hard man to get a hold of sometimes. But I so I just said, screw it. You know, I'm, I need a job. I got to come out here because I want to marry this girl that lives in Dallas. And she sure is ain't moving back to Mississippi. So I got to find a job. And so I just walked into the facility one day. And um, luckily, you know, I was blessed and got a job from, him, you know, but that was something that was very uncomfortable for me to do. And then even showing up and working on a staff thing, we had 15, 16 guys on that staff uh, that came from all different backgrounds that didn't know where Jackson, Mississippi was. They sure as heck didn't know where Greenwood, Mississippi was. Uh, they didn't know anything about me. Didn't know who my parents were. Didn't know about, you know, what I did in high school playing football or in college playing football. All they knew is what they saw right in front of you. Um, that taught me a lot of valuable lessons. Mm-hmm. And that was and that was uncomfortable for me a little bit. You know, being around people of different cultures and different backgrounds uh, taught me a lot. You know, my wife and I think we grew more than we probably ever will by being by ourselves the last three years out in Texas. You know, we had to learn a lot of things on our own. And that's the same way as me as a coach. Uh, I had to learn a lot on the fly. Right. And so I think that was 
was is a big deal. And I, I think if if I was a coach, and I, I told a lot of these uh, younger coaches, even one of the coaches that we hired, I told him that I said, go someplace that's going to stretch you, that's going to make you uncomfortable being there, mm-hmm. because you're going to get comfortable in those uncomfortable situations. Right. So when it does come time for you to be a head coach, and that uncomfortable time comes up, you're used to it, man. You're you know maybe you're not experienced in that situation, but man, you're used to being uncomfortable. And you can operate and work in that uncomfortable environment, that chaotic environment. Right. Um, I think that those two things, working for people that are great people, not just good at their job, but great people, and then having that experience of being uncomfortable and getting out of your comfort zone yeah. um, were the two things that I would recommend to anyone um, looking to get into be a, a head coach. Right. And it, it goes back, I, I think the energy bus says it best, is you got to get the right people on the bus. Right. Absolutely. And, and yeah. I think that's what you're, you're alluding to there is, you know, you get those right people on the bus, you're going to be successful. And then I think your dad touched on something earlier this year. It's not only about getting the right people on the bus is once you get them on the bus, you put them in the right seat. Yeah, and that's what no you're doubt. doing. And that's what you're doing at Lamar. And that's why you're going to be successful. That's why Lamar is going to be successful. They have uh, resources. They're pouring into you. Um, you have support, you have commitment and, um, no doubt that Lamar will be successful under the Jacob Land era. Uh, era, yeah. and uh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've been yeah. you look. You, you know people uh, that have been successful, and they fit that leadership model. Uh, and I've been around you and known you in a long enough time uh, to know that's going to happen. That's that's definitely going to be the 2022 outlook uh, for Lamar football. So, uh, any closing thoughts that you have for us as we wrap up our time here? Yeah, I mean, again, just touching back on, you know, anybody that wants to become a head coach. Again, I don't have the answer because I've only been a head coach for maybe a month now. Um, But it is comforting knowing that it's a great administration that I'm walking into. Mm -hmm. I think Herbert would uh, echo that. I think Coach Black and Randy and everybody would echo that. Get you an administration that uh, cares about football and wants you to be successful um, and surround yourself with great, great people. Um, And I think um, you can be successful. And look, it – you know, I, I'm making the jump, and that's why I listened to a sermon this morning. Um, there re- there's a reason for everything. There's a reason that this Lamar job came up. Um, and for me, it was trusting in God that this was the place that he wanted me to be. Um, not living in that fear, not living in, in, in all that, but living in faith that God's going to put me in the right position. Um, and I think um, I'm very comfortable with that. And I, that's what really makes me excited, yeah. to be real honest. I mean, look, it's the same thing when I started talking to my, my wife before she I even knew her. I mean, I was going to sit there at that stool and not go talk to her, but um, I didn't want to look 10 years down and regret not talking to her. And right. thankfully, I went and talked to her. And now we're married and we're moving to Meridian. So, you know, have faith in your abilities. Have faith in God's going to put you where he needs to, where he wants you to be and needs you to be. Yeah, God calls us to be uncomfortable. Absolutely. And uh, out of that uncomfortableness, he makes us comfortable when you follow his plans. Culture Classroom is sponsored by Pro QuickDraw, the dynamic playbook solution for modern coaches. Let technology work for you with time-saving features to eliminate the busy work so you can spend more time coaching. Our subscription comes with starter templates, stencils, and plays for you to begin building your 2022 playbook quickly. Give us a try for 30 days and keep all the templates you make during your trial. That's Pro Quick Draw.